there was not nearly enough garbage beforehand last time, so I am uh, I'm just here to Glorious. throw a trash around. <laughs> Uh, That's fine. Yeah, let them, listen. Somebody's got to take that shit out. Listen, I, I I really didn't come in here with a huge plan. Uh, <laughs> Sounds so, like yeah. another classic for... Eric asking <laughs> if we're ready. Is that not for... ready situation? <laughs> no, Is no, that no. For the garbage no, or ready. for the podcast itself? Because oh no, I'm fully ready for the podcast. Oh, oh, great. Speaking of which, um, let's start the podcast now. This is where I put in cool sound effects because we got another email. <laughs> Guys, Woo! an electronic communication <laughs> from someone who listens to the show that isn't our parents <laughs> um yeah so totally just fuck the order up um anyway a listener of what show you might ask uh, the hex triggers podcast hosted by me jules and my co-host eric hello oak what's up and chev yep all right well. <laughs> Just want to make sure you didn't lose it because you did that other one prematurely. Um, and we're a long time playgroup during the multiverse in the hopes of leveling up both our game and yours. And in this factual episode, we are not necessarily leveling up your game in particular, but we are leveling up a member of the community who sent us an electronic communication asking for us to look at his deck and, uh, you know, give it some love. Give it that uh, that extreme home makeover, if you will. Um, Eric, who, who sent us a deck? Chev, what happened? <laughs> Give us the, the play-by-play. Right. So, you know, um, as I'm sure a lot of you remember, we, we like to end a lot of our, our podcasts asking for decks from the community to kind of come in, allow us to give them the same treatment that we've given uh, Magnus's Akama deck, uh, Thraxamundar deck uh, a little while ago, and, you know, just really bring something back up that is might have fallen by the wayside. So that's how we got uh, someone known as Frigid emailing us. Um, you know, we love to hear from you guys. And popped up with an, an Ailey list that hasn't been updated since 2017. He's ice cold, dude. Frigid. Ice cold. <laughs> He's a killer. Um, yeah, a little bit about the deck, uh, just before we really get into things. Ailey was really his first commander that wasn't a pre-con. And then from there, uh, he really pretty quickly jumped into much more competitive fields. And so this deck got very much left in, by the wayside, as you can see with uh, the deck not being updated since 2017. So, the deck is sort of a hodgepodge of ideas. It very much looks like a pre-con, which makes sense, given that he was coming from pre-cons. So, it's got, like, there's some life... or It looks like a pre-con in the sense of it has Thematically. three separate yeah. ideas going on. Uh, there, It is not pre-con cost, certainly, but it's got life gain as a, its entirely own idea. It has aristocrats as its entirely own idea, and it has reanimators as its entirely own idea. And those don't necessarily all mesh well together there's a way that you can do all three of those things but this isn't it um he reached out and asked us to transition it into maybe more of a life gain aristocrats deck or maybe some stacks and then just sort of do whatever we want in terms of freeform things uh yeah james has said this is going to be not at a cdh level by his preference and uh yeah that's that's about it as a summary of the deck. I'm sure we'll get into more specific cards as we go on. Yeah, I think I think he he specifically said let's let's not make this CDH. Let's he he wants something that he can play in more casual metagames, basically. You know, he doesn't want to be that guy who comes in and uh only has his combo deck and then and then pub stomps the casuals. So, we yeah. we're, we're going to attempt to help him, but like you're saying, Eric, this is just got it's just all over the place. I mean, you know, we see things like Felidar Sovereign, 
you know, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have 40 life, you win the game, which we're like, okay, Ailey's like a, like a life gain sort of commander, so we see that. But then I also see things like Shieldred Whispering One, uh, you know, uh, Sun Titan. Necropotence. Um, things like that. A real pre-con <laughs> yeah, yeah, if well, I've ever well, seen one. <laughs> I, I was going to say, you know, there's like this, this, this reanimator just slash we're just playing good black-white cards. Um, and yeah, and then there's things like Necropotence and uh, Black Market and um, the uh, Exquisite Bond combo. Um, you know, things that you would see, like you said, in a, a much more... Uh, competitive deck i mean there's like also there's like you know we're we're running the gamut too as you know as as our professional control consultant uh we're playing fumigate boo <laughs> uh and then we're also playing toxic deluge v- very nice and then we're also playing dust till dawn boo once again um so we're we're really all over the place we i would just kind of like to call this currently uh black white good stuff with mild life gain and mild sacrifice themes but really he just he just wants to come through and uh to smash some stuff. Also, I got to call our friend out here. Um, this is supposedly a budget deck, <laughs> yeah. and he wants this to be casual. This shit's sitting sitting around four hundred and fifty bucks, maybe even higher right now. So, um, spoiler alert for what I did. I I cut that drastically. I mean, but, well, to uh, be fair, we got another fair, thirty dollar uh, deck going. Budget deck for our circle of friends. So maybe he was just playing with some real ritzy folks. <laughs> He was playing CDH, so that's true. I mean, if you have a lot, of I don't these know what the average CDH uh, deck cost is, but yeah, I mean, well, some of these are just like foil. Some of them are Japanese. Some of them are foil Japanese. My man knows what he likes, <laughs> but uh, anyway, that's what we're working with. Although I will say, this this, this land base is just very precon. Like we're we're playing like just straight up guild in this yeah so i did leave the land base because that. i'm sure he knows what lands he has and he knows that this land base has to come to jesus i don't because <laughs> i don't want to be like you have to go buy these lands if he's a cdh player he knows what he needs looks like yeah he's like oh i've i've my scrub land is in my other deck i'll i'll slot my you know my looks like lines. he went to um, the eric school of uh land putting lands into deck at sitting at a nice 33 <laughs> 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 no MDFCs. I mean, curve, yeah. In all seriousness, a MDFCs did not exist in 2017. Oh uh, yeah, you're right. But also, the curve is That's sitting true. pretty low for this deck. So 33 is not outrageous. Three point still pretty questionable in a non-ramp color, but yeah. that's that's not what we're here to discuss. We uh, right. what what are we here to discuss? <laughs> we're here to discuss you know various ways that each of us kind of jumped into this deck to kind of give different feedback or or talk about how it could be improved. And so, just like Eric kind of mentioned, um, you know, going off on the themes of like aristocrats and life gain, uh, p- trying to keep it at a below CEDH level, which we're all pretty capable of doing. Um, so I think at this point, you know, <laughs> we've all come to here with with uh, some ideas on where we can take this. Maybe someone kind of jumps in with with their take, and we can run off of it and kind of go back and forth and see what we can do for our our pal James here. I want to I want I want to step in first off. We already we already mentioned the land base. That's you know, James has been playing Magic since at least 2017, so he should know sort of what he's doing. Uh, but the other thing, and I believe we said this with uh, both the previous decks that we we uh, did this for, um, it has not been updated in a little bit. Let's uh, let's look at what has happened in 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 that that time frame. You know what I mean? Just take a look at the good cards from then, because I'm sure there's a bunch of cards that you can just easily slot, especially like staple like cards like. This deck, if it's going to be a life ish deck, you should definitely just put Infernal Grasp in there. It's just like one of the most efficient removal spells, and you're just going to need to run removal, right? 
it, it looks like our friend has a little bit of disposable income, pick up a smothering tithe, stuff like that. So first off, just just do like a, a sort of extensive search or just look at like, you know, the most popular cards on EDH, EDH rec or whatever. And I would say consider those depending on what sort of power level mm-hmm. you want to work at. But um, so it, it looks like we all kind of took one aspect of what this deck might be trying to do. Like as you would if you had a precon and you were like, I, I like this one right. path that is is being catered to. Um, and it looks like we kind of hit each of those, which is really nice. So mine uh, is not only a budget deck, but also I really wanted to lean into all life gain all the time. Because um, in in his email, he mentioned specifically that he he likes the allure of quote-unquote less powerful strategies and trying to do things with them and make them work. And life gain is considered not as effective as maybe playing combos. But uh, my deck is all about gaining all life all the time. So we've got the classic... Uh, like soul sisters package basically so you're playing things like soul warden these are basically so any sort of soul sister effect for those who are not aware is uh any creature that it says when other creatures enter the battlefield you gain a certain amount of life usually it's just one based off uh soul warden and soul's attendant which are two both a, a one mana a, a single white mana uh creatures one ones that say whenever a creature enters you get a life so we've got soul warden uh soul's attendant daxos blessed by the sun uh suture priest um if you really want to spend some money, Oriok Champion does the same thing, except it's like 40 bucks. Uh, Lunark Veteran just came out in mid. Um, so there's a bunch of creatures uh, that I've, I've loaded up into this deck that basically just say, whenever we have creatures entering, we're gaining life. So we're going to be gaining very small increments of life, but we're going to be gaining a lot of them because we're going to be playing a lot of these creatures and we're just going to stack it up. So all of a sudden I play a creature and now I'm gaining five life off five separate different triggers. So that was my my first goal. A couple other uh, little cute cutesy is a pristine talisman, which is a, a mana rock that just taps for a, a single colorless, <laughs> but you gain a life whenever you do it. And also, um, new All Star, one of my like new favorite cards from Midnight uh, Hunt, even though we kind of kind of dunked on it um, beforehand. Uh, the Celestis. <laughs> uh, first of all, if if you have the time to um, play this card in draft, it slaps. Oak and I found that out. We, if you saw our uh, our Twitter post the other day when we were, went on a tear, but uh, Celestis three mana mana rock taps for one of any color. That's already baseline totally fine, especially if you want to tune this down to casual circles. Uh, when it enters, it becomes day. If it's not, it, it starts the day-night cycle if it isn't. And then you can pay three and tap it and switch it to either night or day, depending on, it, you know, it switches to the other one. And then whenever that happens, um, but not necessarily just from you, if someone else, if Chev is playing his werewolf deck and he switches it to night, uh, you get a trigger that says um, you gain a life, one, and then you also get to draw a card. And if you do, you can discard a card. So not only are you gaining life once again, which is going to proc a bunch of other things that I'll talk about later, um, but you get a little card filtering, and it's a mana rock. So the Celestis is uh, super great for that. And then after that, uh, the rest of my deck is basically just utilizing all of this life gain to uh, get payoff. So we got a lot of things like Vito, Thorn of the Dusk Rose, Viscopa Guild Mage, um, Epicure of Blood, and Defiant Blood Lord. These are all cards that say basically whenever you gain life, um, target opponent or each opponent generally uh, loses a certain amount of life that much life one life whatever doesn't matter we're going to be gaining so much that these triggers are going to stack up and we're eventually going to drain our opponents out and then we also got a few uh good just normal drain things so one of my personal favorites palace siege um things like parasitic impetus and uh things like curse of fool's wisdom which is a card that you should look up if you're not familiar because that's a I'll actually, I'll just, I'll just read it. Screw it. I'll just read it. Curse of Fool's Wisdom uh, is an enchantment for 
four black black, but you can also madness it for three and a blacks when you discard it to your Celestis trigger. Synergy. See, I didn't even work that out. It's just my deck is that well crafted. Um, it's a curse, an enchants player, and whenever enchanted player draws a card, so hit your local blue player, just, you know, get them real good. Uh, they lose two life and you gain two life. So we've got a lot of cards that basically do these sort of things. I'll mention some of the spicier picks or the more niche picks later, but that is essentially what this deck is trying to do. Uh, Soul Sisters package, drain and gain, and then also obviously the the uh, procs on gaining life and then draining life. And then my land base is also um, very uh, chill because this is a budget deck, so everything is under five dollars. Uh, we came in at a total of eighty-eight fifty exactly. <laughs> All right, <laughs> gents. Yeah, I'm happy to hop in next. Uh, I went with uh, Frigid said, "I will not dial in on the aristocrats angle." I I got gotcha. you. Uh, let's dial in on this aristocrats angle. Um, there's a ton of great aristocrats cards in Orzov. And he was already running a lot of them. And so I just really took the deck and modernized it and then cut a bunch of the crap that had nothing to do with aristocrats and was just kind of hanging out in the deck. Um, <laughs> namely, there's a ton of stuff that has just been printed recently, especially in uh, Strixhaven that had black white dealing with tokens and token generation. So we got to run cool cards like uh, Ink Shield, which is five mana instant, no combat damage this turn. Uh, for each one damage that would be prevented this way, make a 2-1. So if someone is coming in to kill you, if someone is coming in to kill an opponent, if someone is just going to deal a lot of damage, you just make an army. Um, the same plan is generally behind Blot Out the Sky of just, if people are getting too far ahead on resources, you can just make a bunch of tokens. Uh, there's Also, it doesn't even have to be that recent of cards, because... Uh, though Meat Hook Massacre is super recent, coming from mid, being a great board clear, having a lot to deal with sacrificing creatures and cycling them through the board, um, this deck was also born before Bastion of Remembrance and Dreadhorde Invasion. So, we've got a lot of tokens to make, and we've got a lot of things to do with them. We're going to be cycling through a lot of creatures very quickly, and as we do, our opponents are going to find it pretty painful. Do you have any uh, spicy sort of sacrifice outlets you want to mention? Anything that synergizes real well? Uh, I mean, obviously you start with Aitley. One mana, sack another creature, gain life. That That's sort of the baseline of this. However, uh, there's Flesh Taker, also from mid, uh, is another one mana sack outlet. But if we move into Artifacts, we get into some of the more busted stuff, obviously with Blasting Station, uh, Spawning Pit, and uh, Ashnod's Altar. Blasting Classics. Station is Love especially it. cool... Uh, I was maybe going to talk about this later, but I'm just going to talk about it now. Uh, it works in a nutty way with uh, Second Sunrise, Thrilling Encore, and uh, what is it? Uh, there's another uh, spell that brings Rally the Ancestors. Faith's Return? Oh. Uh, where all the creatures come in, and then uh, Blasting Station, whenever a creature comes into play, you may untap Blasting Station. Those triggers all pile up, and you get a bunch of untapped triggers. You can, in response to each one, tap Blasting Station and move through them, sacking anything you want, and it will continue to untap, doing a lot of damage. I love that card. Yeah, there's Everyone there's a lot going on with this. I've kept some of the baseline cards because 
I know this wanted to feel budget. I know this wanted to feel less powerful. So we're still running things like Fumigate and Dust Dawn, which I know Julian does not approve of. But got, got to keep some of the heart and soul of the deck there. I think I kept around 25% of uh, Frigid's original cards. Um. Yeah, so as we mentioned, one way that someone can definitely go about upgrading this deck is to look towards the newer sets and... Uh, what better set to look to than the one that takes place on Ailey's uh, home plane, Zendikar. Uh, and I guess one of the main things in this most recent uh, Zendikar set was the focus on the party mechanic. Uh, one of which, the creature types <laughs> for the party mechanic are, is the uh, cleric uh, creature type. Uh, which Ailey happens to be, herself. Um, so it turns out we got a, ni a lot of nice clerics on uh, Zendikar. Why not uh, go for a sort of cleric tribal-focused deck? Um, I know that's not super in line with what <laughs> Frigid uh, had asked for, but it is definitely uh, falling into the category of more uh, casual uh, theme. And... Uh, something that I guess I'll just mention right off the bat is that uh, there are a couple sort of like swap-out options as the commander uh, that I included as part of this. So besides just Ailey, uh, if you want to focus on more of a like reanimation type strategy, you can throw Aura in there. Uh, Aura, the Skyclave Hierophant, uh, just came from that recent Zendikar set. Uh, whenever... Uh, aura or another cleric you control dies, return target cleric with lesser converted mana cost from your graveyard to the battlefield. Uh, so if you're in the business of bringing things back rather than sacking them, maybe that's uh, <laughs> uh, good for that. If your current playgroup is running like a lot of removal or something. Uh, if they're running really aggressive decks, uh, you might want to stick with Ailey since you could do a little chump and sack action uh, to gain a lot of life, sort of stay in the game. And uh, if you're maybe running a little bit more competitive sort of circle, you could throw uh, Timna and, uh, ooh, what's the other one, uh, Ravos uh, at the helm of the deck uh, for a nice card draw engine plus some reanimation, uh, if that's uh, what you're looking for. So, yeah, uh, sort of getting a little bit more into the deck, I found that uh, my sort of strategy here ended up having uh, a lot of crossover with Julian's sort of life gain focused strategy because turns out clerics and life gain just tend to go hand in hand. So, uh, for example, both of the Soul Sisters, Soul Warden and Soul's Attendant, uh, just happen to be clerics. <laughs> so uh, we're gaining a, we're gaining a bit of life there. Um, I don't think uh, in this sort of deck I really went with life gain as a means to kill necessarily. It's more of a like resilience thing. Obviously, you have uh, Ailey's you know second activated ability, which uh, you can only activate if uh, she has or if you are at essentially 50 life. But um, yeah, the life gain is there for you, you know so you, so you can weather a long game. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Sutra Priest also sort of falls into that category, uh, of, of clerics that just sort of, like, on the side, uh, like to help you gain a bit of light. Uh, Twilight Prophet, definitely not a budget card, but, uh, <laughs> uh, it's, it is a cleric, and, uh, it definitely helps you gain some life and draw cards, uh, if you're able to get the City's Blessing. Uh, Mangara the Diplomat, another awesome cleric, uh, Whenever an opponent attacks with creatures, if two or more of those creatures are attacking you and or planeswalkers you control, draw a card. 
Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, draw a card, and he's got lifelink. So, yeah. Um, I think, it, honestly, it, it's one of those uh, creature types where you go back and look through that, and you're like, oh, that that's a cleric? <laughs> that, that, that's awesome. Uh, Weathered Wayfarer, which I just covered recently in a uh, Commander Chill Picks. Uh, one mana with a tap ability for uh, one white and tap it. Uh, search your library for a land card, reveal it, and put it in your hand. Then shuffle your library. Play it if an opponent controls more lands than you. Uh, happens to be a nomad cleric and I think also a human as well. Because <laughs> why not? Um, You've got to be running Edgewalker still, right? Oh, you know I'm running Edgewalker. Um, uh, Edgewalker may being uh, one black and white for a 2-2 that makes cleric spells you co- play cost uh, black-white less to play. So, I mean, if you cast that before you cast Ailey, you're just getting a free Ailey. <laughs> um, but this, I, I think we recently sort of went into the uh, power of, like, uh, cost-reducing uh, mm-hmm. uh, things uh, in Magic, or and I guess especially in EDH, but uh, yeah, this is sort of like what falls into that category for uh, for this specifically. Um, Dang, and Edgewalker is an uncommon, yep. so you can play him as your PDH. Yes, guy. ooh, yeah. if you'd if <laughs> that you might be a cool deck. But see, here's the thing: if you play PDH, you miss out on Dream Devourer, who is a demon cleric that I know Chev put in his Toshiro deck. <laughs> uh, it lets you uh, <laughs> foretell. Uh, any card in your hand for its mana cost minus two generic. Um, or you know Demons, all about that cleric life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I play that in Chrome Dome, yep. too. Yeah. It's... Y- you're just worshipping something. It doesn't have to be God. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Could yes. be Satan. Yep. Big fans here. And, of course, some of my favorite creatures of all time, and I know these guys are going to roll their eyes when I say this, we got Selfless Spirit, Mother of Runes, Giver of Runes, Grand Abolisher, all clerics, baby. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and Ravos and Timna. Yes, too. this is true. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially yeah. Timna. Uh, I, I do love me some Timna. But yeah, so that, that's sort of the focus on the deck. Uh, it leverages card draw through um, a, a lot of different means. Uh, takes advantage of some of these like tribal uh, specific artifacts, and uh, I guess the last thing I'll mention is I had to throw in the cleric class uh, enchantment from the. Uh, recent a- uh, AFR set, because nice. why not? <laughs> it's clerics. It's, it's only right. It's oh, only yes. right, you know? You Absolutely. too are a cleric while doing the cleric. That yes. Should, that should start in the command yeah. zone. Yeah, honestly. You know? <laughs> yeah, what, a, what an idea. Who, who would have thought of something like that? <laughs> <laughs> Bet they're smart. Extreme gods. Bet they're all very handsome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Really smart, very handsome, really good at magic, yep. probably. Yeah. Um... But Chev, what yeah. are you thinking? <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I kind of went about this a different way. Like I know I know that there was there's talk of like oh let's do aristocrats or oh let's do life game. But one particular line from um, Frigid's write up really struck me, and it was I think I struggle to create decks that can be played at more casual tables, and I'm worried about updating this deck and turning it into just another fringe CDH monster. And I I I can totally understand that concept because I think we've covered a few times on this show, you know. When, when you have a group that exists for a long period of time, decks are just going to creep up in power level. And, you know, th- that might exist with decks you have. You buy the new staple, you get up, you get up. But then you go to build a new deck, and it's like, okay, I could run Fumigate, but why when I have a Wrath of God? Like, when there are better choices, sometimes it's hard to just pick a lower-powered option because you want to. 
And I've found what really helps me is adding restrictions, like hard set restrictions that kind of set you up in a particular way. And so we've talked about this with like budget restrictions. We've talked about this on the, the planar decks as a way to kind of limit yourself. And, you know, even with um, the Eldrazi deck, we, we saw that powerful cards can be put into a shell that is relatively casual because of the restriction that existed of colorless only. So you can still get some of these effects. And so I went with it like, okay, what is a cool restriction we can add to this deck that allows you to add interesting things and your most powerful things at that level, but still keep it at a casual level. So you're never considering like, why am I not running X? Um, you know why. And it's because you have a companion named Luris who makes each permanent in your starting deck have to have converted mana cost two or less. Now, Luris, uh, one of the the fun, more fun companions from... Uh, Ikoria uh, allows you to cast something from your, a permanent from your graveyard uh, once each turn. Costs three mana to play. And so with the companion, you know, three mana to hand, three mana to play. Anyway, it's a great way to bring back things from your graveyard um, consistently. And so kind of tying into some of uh, Julian's strategy of aristocrats, here you have a perfect outlet or way to bring back things that you've already kind of killed with Ailey and you can kind of keep this loop going. And you'd be surprised... Uh, a bunch of things that Oakley mentioned, you know, from his Cleric deck still work in this deck. Like, there's a ton of really powerful cards that are at converted mana cost two or less. So you've still got your Karlov of the Ghost Council. You've still got your Knight of the White Orchid, your Mother of Runes, your High Priest, your Soul Sisters, your Guild Mage, your Cutthroat. All of those cards can still stay and allow you to keep that sort of aristocrat method without losing kind of the soul of the deck in that sense. Um, so... I kind of dug into more, you know, what are some good other sack outlets besides Ailey? Like Ailey's solid, but maybe you have your uh, Phyrexian Tower for a little extra mana when you need it, or a Priest of the Forgotten Gods, which was really awesome and standard to make everyone sack and you get to draw a card, get some mana, um, and then deal with it with the triggers of the Soul Sisters, a Blood Artist, a Zelleport Cutthroat. Something that Eric brought up, um, Meat Hook Massacre has a converted mana cost of two, baby. It's two and <laughs> X. So you can play that stuff. You have a repeatable board wipe that you can just keep bringing back. And it also works as a trigger for, um, you know, killing things and bringing them back. So it's it's a really interesting direction because there's you can kind of push the power level of that two converted mana cost. And I think still make a deck that isn't going to be incredibly competitive, but it allows you to play the top cards that you want to play or that you even can play. So that's really what we're going about. Uh, some of the cooler lines... Um, I didn't think that I'd be bringing up Selfless Spirit as a second time. I thought it would be the first. Uh, you can just sack that, bring it back the next turn, make all of your opponents very upset. Mm. Your creatures are indestructible whenever they try to do something. But the the real loops, kind of like Selfless Spirit, are creatures, once you have the sack outlet of Ailey, and you just bring them back for their benefit, depending on whatever you need. So this is kind of like the theme that my Oscar deck has taken recently, where it's, you know, what do you want? We got it. You need more uh, ramp. Just bring back your Knight of the White Orchid over and over again. Mindstone for some cards, and then the Board Wipe for the Meat Hook. Uh, the last piece I'll kind of drop in this sort of introduction, Douthy Voidwalker from um, Modern Horizons 2. Two mana. Uh, whenever an opponent's creature goes to the graveyard, exile it instead with a Void Counter. And then you can sacrifice Douthy Voidwalker to, bring, to cast one of those cards yourself. Now, the interesting thing here is because he puts counters on them, you can ha sacrifice Douthy Voidwalker, bring it back, and then sack it again for a different card with a Void Counter. It's not cards exiled with Douthy Voidwalker, which is a, mm. a good distinction. allows you to keep bringing back the stuff, keep making your opponents very upset with what you're doing. Jeff, I got to ask just because 
you're only playing permanents two or less. So how how many spells are you slinging, or do you just have a very low, uh, very curve? low curve? Okay, we're, we're making thirty three lands work. Spells spells are good, but I really focused on the sort of aristocratic angle, keeping a lot of creatures that are low to the ground and cycling through them at breakneck pace. I respect um, it. And yeah, and then but having the spell package. You know, once you have that permanent mana cost too, you can run things like Sevens, Reclamation, and Unearth and call the Death Dweller and have them be really powerful spells, again, for cheaper than their um, counterparts of Reanimate, or not Reanimate, <laughs> the uh, the four mana ones that you might be running if you're trying to keep it budget. These guys, same cost, and they'll just get you back whatever you need. Yeah, Sav- Savine's Reclamation seems great in your deck. Oh, it's um, beautiful. Another actual card that I-, I noticed was in the original list that I put in my list, and I'm it looks like it's in Chev's as well, that I, I think is just amazing for this deck, no matter what angle you go. Uh, so you should definitely keep it, is Phyrexian Reclamation. Uh, just yeah. because, as we sort of covered, like, Clerics and Life Gain go hand in hand. So that that two life you pay per creature you're getting back is going to be nothing. Uh, the permanent itself is only, you know, one mana, and the ability is only two mana, and then... Uh, it's it's not even like oh no I, all my creatures are going back to my hand like this is this is so horrible it's like they, your creatures only cost like a couple mana a piece anyways especially in Chev's deck but I think generally in all of our decks that's kind of the case uh, so you can just like right. keep cranking them out it's great and they probably you yeah. know left the battlefield by gaining you life so yes. <laughs> you should probably be pretty okay on the life aspects yes. another thing that fits in. I mean, I'm assuming, I think Phyrexian Reclamation is in all of our decks, and I think something that could fit into all of our decks is uh, Argyle's Bloodfast, Mm -hmm. which is a one and a black enchantment, and then um, you can pay one and a black and pay two life to draw a card. So it's like a greed effect, but greed itself costs four mana. Yeah. So this is something you can run, Chev, and then, you know, like we've been saying, you're gaining enough life anyway, just incidentally, or if it's, you know, it's my deck, it's, that's the whole thing. (laughs) You know, so I'm like, all right, that's well, why we're all here. This life. That's what well, we're here to do. Gaining all this life might as well put it put it to use. Mm. But, you know, just being able to, you know, if you're slowing down or maybe you're hitting some lands. All right. Well, I'm going to pay some mana, you know, pay a little life and, and get through that and, and get back to the uh, the good stuff. Um, j- just for people listening, um, we will put uh, the orig- Frigid's original list in the description, as well as Oak, Eric and I all made full deck lists. Um, and Chev, I don't believe Chev made a deck list, but he can at least put a, like a list of cards he's considering or something. Yeah. I'll, I'll so add my, my notes and stuff. Yeah. So, so y'all can see, um, exactly what we're, we're working with and what we kind of, and also, so mainly frigid can see exactly what we're working <laughs> with and what our, what our, our ideas were. But, um, uh, I guess now that we've talked about, you know, our, our main, our main strategies and kind of the different paths that he can choose, or at least maybe move it down from three to two paths i feel like that's kind of the that's the breaking point once once you try and do more than two things consistently i think you just your your deck falls apart as we've seen with pre-cons but now we can talk about the cool cards you know (laughs) the more specific ones the niche ones the ones that we really want everyone to know so i've got a Um, i've got a budget one that i would suggest to all of our decks Uh, i was just surprised that it kind of worked did any of you guys see a oath sworn vampire in in your your search i did not stumble upon it it's a two mana two two from um, one of the Ixalan sets, but its ability is if you gained life this turn, you can cast it from your graveyard. Hmm. So even oh, even like before you get to Luris, you get this ability of you're holding up some mana for some removal, some interaction, whatever. You find yourself with three extra mana uh, going into the person before you's end step. 
sack your vampire, bring it back, you're net positive two, and that much closer to exiling stuff with Ailey. Oh, wait, does that work? Do you still have to respect like the the sorcery speed playing a creature? Because it is. Oh yeah, yeah, bringing it back. Yeah. But you, I guess, right, right. So you'd sack it. But then you could bring it back and um, oh, I see. do whatever you want with oh, it. Oh, I yeah. had it backwards. Okay. I mean, that's probably amazing in Eric's deck. I'm sure Eric's already doing, like, Gravecrawler and reassembling skeleton shenanigans. Reassembling skeletons in here, I, have... I did not uh, toss Gravecrawler in, but I will now. Mm-hmm. Right. That's my, this is my yeah, favorite I mean, that, part that's... of these, where I update the deck during the pot. <laughs> oh, oh, Gravecrawler yeah, yeah, yeah. is $20. Yeah, <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah, budget budget's a little bit out there. Well, and also, zombies, you have to control the zombie. right now, so... Causing problems. All right. Well, there's there's a lot of those. Uh, no grave crawl. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I take it back because that's an infinite combo, and we're not doing those today. <laughs> not today, Satan. But yeah, Osworn Vampire. I mean, you just pay one to Ailey, sacrifice it, trigger whatever you yeah. want to trigger. She, you gain a life, and then you can just immediately replay it. And I guess you can theoretically do that as much as you have mana if you want. Yeah. And what's that? Uh, what's that other one that landfalls onto the battlefield from the new Zendikar set? Isn't oh, it like it's Skyclave two mana? Shade. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, would probably Skyclave be pretty good shade. too. Although it's you know dependent on lands, but anything that kind of gets you back some of these cheaper abilities is probably good if you're trying to stick to budget. I only remember that because I pulled one of the alt art ones, and it is it is completely <laughs> worthless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a blessing and a curse of booster fun. Yeah. You know, you know what works really well though, if you're trying to either continually cast creatures from your graveyard because you're sacrificing them, or you just want to gain a bunch of life um and also piss your opponents off extort cards Ooh. those cards are the shit Ooh, I... so the real the real good ones are like blind obedience and enchantment that makes artifacts and creatures come in tapped which is already just good especially if you want to kind of stall out the board which we we did not mention but that was already um, in the I deck i believe frigid right? said yeah yeah that's in the deck uh, already. probably Th- there was a lot of like just already good cards in the deck but he he did mention um potential like potentially Doing some stacksy things. I don't think any of us took it that way, but you know, that's, I, I took that's it your, that way a little bit. That's your toe in. Mostly to mention that a lot of good stack pieces are two mana or less. Your Grand Abolisher, your Dranith Magistrate, your Leonin Arbiter. You've got a lot of fun options at the level. Uh, what's the the console one? The one mana version that makes everything come in tapped. Authority uh, of the console. Authority of the console. Yeah, yeah. All Which that. Also, all that stuff. Your opponents get rid of it. Bring that it back. also. That also gives you a life every time a creature enters on your opponent. So that was really good for me. Except that card is like nine bucks, and I was like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> But, um, but, uh, yeah, so we got that. But then, uh, what was it? Oh, other extort cards. Um, you have, uh, Blind Obedience. You have, uh, Treasury Thrall. Thrall is actually, like, kind of like a, like an underrated, I mean, it's, like, not that, you know, crazy impressive a card, but it's a, a six mana, four black, white. It's got extort. And then whenever it attacks, you can return target artifact, creature, or enchantment card from your graveyard to your hand. So assuming you're able to, and it's a four, four. So assuming you're able to either attack into a small board or attack with, no consequences this is kind of some recursion especially for my sort of deck which has a lot of smaller fragile creatures and then lastly we are playing a bunch of smaller fragile creatures so we're going to be playing a lot of spells so let's play pontiff of blight which is a a big old boy he's a a two seven for four black black he has extort and then other creatures you control have extort so now all of a sudden if you have four creatures out and you pay play a one mana spell and then you just play you know, pay that extra four mana. It's a total of five mana. You're now extorting four times, which means all of your opponents are losing four and you're gaining 12, which is just ridiculous. So you can really stack those up. I mean, we saw that, I believe we, yeah, we discussed uh, in the PDH game. Yeah. That extort was just absolutely deadly. Yeah, I, I had to throw the Pontiff of Blight into mine too because addition, in addition to being a zombie, he is 
Also, just a cleric. Why not? <laughs> See that that just feels Bless wrong. Up. that just feels wrong. when they have zombie clerics. I'm like that. As a... what, yeah, what are, what are they worshiping? Like they're brought back through magic, and they they're, I guess they're worshiping. I think society. I think he's very specifically a pontiff of blight. He is worshiping poison and blight <laughs> and sickness. Poison guys, am I right? <laughs> Love you know what they stuff. might be worshipping? You know what they might be worshipping? I gotta throw out another another new card. Mask of Gristlebrand. Hmm. This is this is some some real cult shit. Uh, one black black for a legendary artifact equipment. Equipped creature has flying and lifelink. Uh, so a little evasion. We're gonna gain some life just through combat. And we got some got some larger dudes in here, so you know we can we can really swing in. But also, whenever equipped creature dies, you may pay X life or X is its power. And if you do, you can draw X cards. So if you're doing any sort of sacrificing shenanigans um either because it's your theme eric or just because ailey lets you do that um this can really kind of refill your hand so i I think it's i don't think it's a great card but i think it's certainly underrated especially in a format like commander and especially if you're playing at not optimal levels um speaking of giant demons uh there is a land from shadows over innistrad that just happens to flip into a giant demon uh when you sacrifice five creatures. This is Westvale Abbey. Is it? Is, is this it also demon a also a cleric? Uh, it's not, but the land itself uh, lets you pump out little uh, cleric tokens uh, to right. later later sacrifice <laughs> on the altar. It's on of, thin uh, ice, but we'll allow it. Yeah, of, of Armandal. Um, and it's just a land, so, you know, whatever. We all know this deck could use more lands. <laughs> Oak, are you playing the new... Um, I mean, it's a human on the front side, but it flips into Ormondal on the back side from Midnight Hunt. I think he's a cleric too. Really? Oh, I, think I think he also so. has a pretty solid what's effect. Like wait, creatures. That's yeah, Vito, right? It's no, new... no, no. It's um, no. Uh, Jaren corrupted oh, bishop. Jaren. Yeah. And he is a cleric. Oh my god. Two well, and a black. When he enters, or another non-token human you control dies, you lose a life and create a one-one white human creature token. You can pay two to give target human uh, life link. And then he has this flip ability, but you don't really ever want to be activating that because it means you're in a bad way. <laughs> What's the flip ability? Yeah. Um, at the beginning of your end step, if you have exactly 13 life, which you can <laughs> theoretically control by having things die and giving things lifelink and stuff, right, right. you can pay f- uh, four black black. And if you do transform him and he becomes Ormondal the Corrupter, mm-hmm. who is a demon, uh, flying, trample, lifelink. And then you can also sacrifice another creature to draw a card. And he's a 6-6. Six, six. Is he I, a that's human? very tempting. He's a human He's cleric. A human, human on the, cleric front, on the yeah. front turns into a demon. Instantly, my mind goes to like Moon Mist or one of those things that doesn't particularly say transform target human werewolf. It just says transform target human. Uh, complete non sequitur, but that would be a little bit dangerous <laughs> and spooky. Yeah. I'm just going to talk <laughs> about a little bit of a little bit of a grab bag of random fun stuff that I thought would work super well in uh, some versions of this deck. It doesn't really. S- some of these don't really play well. L with being clerics or being low mana, but like whatever. Uh, Elenda the Duskrose, uh, from uh, Ixalan, right? Is the pirate dino set? Mm, yeah. yeah. From yeah. Ixalan, uh, four mana, lifelink, one one. Uh, whenever another creature dies, put a one one on Elenda. And when Elenda dies, create X one one white vampire creature tokens with lifelink, where X is Elenda's power. So it is just you are building up this giant creature that is gaining you life as you're sacking creatures and then when you have to wipe the board or when you feel it's time you can sack it and get a bunch more fodder for whatever you're about to do a uh, little two-parter uh Krav the unredeemed and uh regna the redeemer are partners 
that are just in the 99 of this deck, uh, focused on sacrificing creatures, gaining life, drawing cards. It just they sort of pair really nicely for resources. Krava's ability is black, sack X creatures, target player draws X cards, gains X life, puts X 1 1 counters on Krav. Yeah, something uh, I, I want to interject real quick for our listeners, of course, is uh, it's it's not thought of a lot, but the, the partner with Mechanic does have this very special ability when it's in the 99. Uh, mostly you think of them as commanders, but if you draw and play a card with partner with, you can search your library for its partner. Yes. And put it yeah. into your hand. Right. Right. Which, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you've got that you've got that tutor ability as well. And since normally they're commanders, you don't get to see that as much, but it's super good if you can put them into a deck and have them have them work. Especially because partner with, they're always designed to be so synergistic with each other that even if one of them is just good in the deck, you'll also immediately tutor for a card that is synergistic with it. You're playing a card that works with your deck, it's card neutral for your hand. And you're guaranteed to have a follow-up play that is pretty powerful. Uh, Regna the Redeemer uh, is at the beginning of each end step. If your team gained life this turn, create two 1-1 one, one White Warriors. So this works with Two-Headed Giant. This works with multiple people's turns. This is a very open-ended card where you can you can do a lot of interesting stuff with it. And then uh, the last two I wanted to call out are Lisa F- Forgotten Archangel and Luminous Broodmoth, both of which are just like, hey, when your creatures die, get them back which is pretty busted when you're trying to constantly sack all of your creatures. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, seems strong. Luminous Broodmoth strong. being the more busted of the two because it just puts them back on the battlefield because that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And they fly. Yeah. And, they yep. fly and they're flying now. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Um, yeah. While, while there are definitely the, the sack outlet and aristocratic elements, uh, but I'm sure... A lot of that is just typing in Scryfall, uh, CMC less than or equal to two, and you can find a lot of the good options. Something that I think is really interesting and unique to the the Luris build, and again, something that I've really been working on with Osgur, is this ability to morph it a little bit into kind of a toolbox deck. Since you do have access to kind of bring back anything that you use, uh, you know, one per turn, it does allow you to kind of use a range of abilities depending on what you need. So previously I mentioned Selfless Spirit, great. Sack it when you need to make things indestructible, then bring it back on your turn. But you can u- also use it for things like removal, uh, since Luris is any permanent. So Executioner's Capsule or Seal of Cleansing, you can use them to get rid of a problematic permanent and then bring that back and just have the cycle go again. Uh, Urza's Bobble is free card draw. <laughs> uh, you know, you tap it, sack it, get a card. It's a little slow. But, you know, one of the things that you're mentioning is more card draw. So just having that chilling, like you have a slow turn, you need something back. It's a, it's a great little element. Uh, Wall of Omens is card draw in white for two mana. Fits in here and you can just keep bringing it back. Um, one of my favorite ones, it's, it's definitely not the most powerful. Uh, but considering this element, I'll balance it out by saying Esper Sentinel and Sarah Ascendant are also work well with uh, the two CMC requirement. But Bounty Agent. Some random card from Guilds of Ravnica. You tap it to destroy a legendary permanent. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Seems so uh, you want to be a we little, some of little those dangerous? I believe there's there's more um, text involved. I think it's more like creature or um, yeah, bounty agent. Sacrifice it. It's actually from one of the yeah Guilds of Ravnica and then Commander Twenty Twenty. Sacrifice to destroy target legendary permanent. That's an artifact, creature, or enchantment. So no going after lands. You, you crazy people, but still good for getting anything that really matters. 
Uh, and you could just, again, keep bringing it back. A little bit slow, but it'll get you there. And then things like Doom Traveler or Doom Dissenter, where if you're controlling their death, you're getting another token out of it that you can then use to trigger Ailey and so on and so forth. So trying to build this creature army over time um, because we're really trying to go into the long game with some of these effects. Uh, and then what I want to point out, of course, is Converted Mana Cost cares about the number of pips, not the number of Xs. So if you can make something work with Micaeus the Lunark, Walking Ballista, Stone Coil, Serpent, or Endless One, any of these things, you need a big threat and it died, you can bring it back and that's okay. Trevor, you said Walking Ballista and I was like, thank the Lord, Heliod is a... I did look. Unfortunately, <laughs> Heliod does cost three mana. Chev, <laughs> so. I'm I'm so sorry to break this to you. Uh, on the Gatherer page for Luris, I, I was looking up Luris and saw this image. Uh, for, Elsa, for spells with X and their mana costs, use the value chosen for X to determine the spell's mana value. For example, a permanent spell that costs X and 1, such as Micaeus the Lunark, you could cast it with X as one, but not as two. That's fair, but they still count in your deck. So you can put them in, but you yes. can't bring them back with Lurus. Uh, Phyrexian Reclamation is going to help you here. Um, Unearth and, well, Unearth won't because they're X. Uh, Call of the Death Dweller also won't, but we have other abilities that bring back to hand um, that are going to be good in there as well. So you're right. So you can't loop those as readily. But I don't think any of those, besides maybe a broken walking ballista, is going to be as potent as being able to loop your removal, your card draw, your ramp, and uh, just your good creatures that you're getting out there. Because nothing says, oh my god, I hate this game, like a Sarah ascended that just won't die. Oh, I mean, <laughs> as soon as you said Executioner's Capsule, I was like, I hate this deck. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I think this is a super cool idea. Did you mention uh, Seal of Cleansing and Seal of Doom as well, Chev? I did mention Seal of Cleansing. I didn't mention Seal of Doom. That's that's another that one, good one. That one might actually be three mana. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but um, you got his yeah, up. Same idea. Yeah. Um, the point is, don't don't just think creatures. Make sure you're thinking of artifacts and enchantments as well, because those are going to be super nice to keep kind of doing it. And of course, you might be thinking, if all of this is dependent on Luris, like what happens if he dies? Well. Luckily, he works with most of our recursion in this deck because it all cares about those low-cost creatures. Oh, I was going to say, Chev, I know Julian gave this the thumbs down uh, very early on in the podcast, Bart. Are you running uh, Dawn to Dusk? Or Dusk to Dawn, rather? Dawn to Dusk. No, but that would be a good one. I, I yeah, wasn't even yeah. thinking of specific board wipes, but... Uh, Dusk to Dawn would be option. crazy for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, I definitely think to so. Some extent, I am running Meekstone. Meekstone uh, only costs two mana. <laughs> oh. Are you running Austere <laughs> Command? Uh, which one? Austere. Austere Command. Yeah. That would be another good one. Um, just, I think just... Winter's Orb. <laughs> if you're trying to get into stacks, Winter's Orb is two. So if you can find a way to sacrifice that and bring it back, hmm. Oh, no. I think that's also one where you can... Well, not that black-white really has any tapping shenanigans, but it's one of those old ones where it's like... Right, right. It's, only if it's, if it's untapped, <laughs> does it do this thing? You got a lot of improvised guards or something going on. I just want to play a random card here because I sort of stumbled back on it. Strixhaven, like I said, was really good for this deck, I think. Uh, there was a lot that came out. Uh, one of the good options is Plum the Forbidden, which is one in a black instant. As an additional cost to the spell, you may sacrifice one or more creatures. When you do, copy it for each uh, creature sacked this way. Draw a card, lose a life. So, two mana, draw a card, lose a life. It, you're essentially cycling it and you lose a life. It's not the best, not the worst. However, if you ma just made a bunch of tokens and you have a bunch of life, send it. Strixhaven is one of those things I've constantly, that and Commander 2021 constantly has cards that I end up finding 
uh, but had no idea existed. Like, I, it, it's <laughs> one of the sets that I, I guess I didn't attach myself to it as heavily, and it continues to surprise me. Yeah. For sure. Strixhaven, I think, was a fantastic set just for what it did for uh, the colors it featured. All right. My turn again. Um, well, the, I don't know. The last thing I want to say, but I just, just wanted to get in there. Uh, I think one, one of the biggest concerns that someone might have about this deck and that I also consider about this deck is, you know, we're it's basically a Soul Sisters deck, right? So we're thinking, you know, a lot of creatures, but they're small and they're fragile, right? We're talking, you know, a lot of clerics are like 1-1s, 2-2s, 1-3s. You're not exactly really you know doing anything for the the red zone there so got to include a, a few a few big boys uh just to uh just to make up for that oh we talking um, the forces also, we getting into the forces well i saw those listen, snuck listen, into your I, list i do i do have baleful force and celestial force uh those of y'all who listen you, you remember these cards but they're the uh, the eight mana seven sevens that trigger on everyone's upkeep baleful force the black one uh every upkeep you lose a life and draw a card that's fine we're gonna be gaining a bunch of life we're just drawing that many more cards and then uh, also uh, Celestial Force. Um, at the beginning of each upkeep, you gain three life. So, boom, we want to be gaining as much life and as many times as possible. Uh, we're going to do that. Um, why do we want to be gaining as many individual instances of life as possible? Maybe because um, we have something like Crested Sunmare, a five mana five five that says other horses you control have indestructible. Very not running any other horses in this deck except <laughs> at horse the tribal. Each at the beginning of each end step. Note each end step. Uh, really good with uh, Celestial Force. Uh, if you gained life this turn, create a 5-5 five, five white horse. Boom. And that horse then has Indestructible. Terrible. So <laughs> that's, that's an army. And those are 5-5s. Five, five, so that's like, now we're talking. And then if maybe you're not able to make an army, maybe you didn't draw your Crested Sunmare, you can play something like Witch of the Moors, which is oh God. stupidly cheap for how good that's, this card is. It's less than it's less than $4, maybe like three fifty. dollars uh, 5 mana, 4-4 four, four with Death Touch also because just in case you wanted to block it or you just, you know, you wanted to block uh, at the beginning of only your end step, unfortunately, but at the beginning of your end step, if you gain life this turn, easy all the time, uh, each opponent sacrifices a creature and you return up to one target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So get back with something they might've killed or maybe that you sacrificed to Ailey and also just uh, thin out the ranks a little bit, which of the more is uh, ridiculous. And then lastly, if you don't have any of those big cards, you can just make your own big cards by playing Nykthos Paragon, which is a six mana four six that says whenever you gain life, remember we're gaining, we're gaining life a lot. We're gaining a lot of a small increments of life. So we might gain one life, but like four times in a turn. Well, every single instance of that, whenever we gain life, we put a one one counter on each creature. Oh, sorry, we put that many one one counters on each creature we control. So <laughs> we're, getting, we're getting good. We're getting good. Very good. Dang! Imagine that with a with a um a celestial force. You're putting three one one counters every time, every turn on your entire board. Ridiculous! All right, I'm done. I honestly, I I just keep thinking of cards for Chev's deck. Chev, are you running Agadim's Awakening? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that one. That's just a good card. I, I know. <laughs> no, yeah. Agadim's Awakening is very bad for Chev. I feel like. Really? You want different converted mana costs. Chev can only have one, two, and zero. Right, but well, I think can like have super cheap get like a couple of my yeah. serious creatures. That's tags. fair. It's more about yeah. like low cost reanimation, kind of what we're going for. And like you could play it as a land. No, it's like, okay. no. Yeah, because I, I was going to suggest Agadim's Awakening because I have that in my deck, and then I looked at it and I said, ah, this might not be great for Chev actually. So I, I found it very interesting that you and I jump to different conclusions. I think you're totally right. Five mana recur three things if he wants to grab, like, 
I don't know if Jeff threw a lotus petal in there because he's really shipping it, but <laughs> or oh, let's send it. No, I was thinking like, a... we can do lotus bloom. Oh, it doesn't have a cost. Jeff, what what about Urza's? What about Urza's uh, bobble or whatever? Whatever you said is free card draw. Yeah, yeah. Urza's bobble. It's only it's only creatures though, right? Agony's awakening. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's only creatures. Yeah, it's only creatures. All right, oh. an ornithopter. Uh, I was thinking though. <laughs> ornithopter. <laughs> I was thinking if Lurus died, you could pay six and get. A one mana, two mana, and Luris back. Yep. Yo, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we we do want to protect the Luris. So, you know, Lightning Greaves comes in lower than... Uh, it comes in oh, yeah. at the right amount. Swift, uh, foot. Swift Foot Boots, Whisper Silk Cloak. Like, we, a lot of the things you care about, you can still run. Um, so, some of the things... I've talked about, like, what the main strategies for this deck are. We're, we're trying to sacrifice the creatures, get them back, um, keep that going until you can just start destroying everything with Ailey. Uh, and then you can also kind of use this Luris ability to get back things on other turns, whether you need more card draw, removal, etc. So the last thing I kind of want to talk about is you briefly mentioned uh, Frigid, is who I'm referring to here, uh, that if there are other commanders kind of out there that would fit into what I'm doing, like they're kind of open to it. And that's cool. So what I would say is if you like this idea or, or what mindset um, a Luris deck or where you're trying to focus on this one particular aspect of or over anything else you might like a deck that uh oakley ran for a while in our group to much of our pain and misery uh alicia who smiles at death now alicia is you know a little different we're caring about creatures with power two or less as opposed to a converted mana cost and there's some attacking involved but you still have that sort of what can i recur for maximum value every turn and it can give you some ideas of truly terrifying lines of play to go to that EDH rec page or other creatures that you're bringing back. So that's something to consider. And also, because Luris allows you to take stuff from your graveyard, think about what you can do to tutor to your graveyard. Buried Alive is a very cheap um, tutor spell, for the most part still, for what value it gives you. You can just drop them right into your yard and then bring them back out as kind of a second hand, which is what you're doing for. Yes, this opens you up for things like a Bajuka Bog, but... I mean, we're all playing with the graveyard here. Like, you, you gotta, you gotta just run with it. Um, and then that's what the rest of your kind of stuff can help prepare for. So, really think about like what you want to do. This is a very mechanical build on my end, uh, and it allows you to play a lot of dangerous stuff while still keeping it somewhat capped at power level. Going off that, I also was considering the the potential plea for changing commanders, considering that's something we've done several times on this podcast. Um, you know, I think they all need to be built slightly differently, but if you want to be working with the sort of Orzov, you know, MO of a little bit of sacrifice, a little bit of life gain. Um, I think a, a lot, really a lot of those Orzov commanders, yeah. you, you could make work. Um, one, probably the most premier one is Karlov of the ghost council. And that would work best with my deck because like I said, we're gaining, we're gaining life. We're not gaining huge chunks of life. We're just gaining very small amounts of life, but just doing it like a million times. And that's exactly what Karloff wants. Um, also, uh, Eric mentioned Alenda the Duskrose is great because not only does she facilitate life gain, but she also wants to do that sort of sacrifice thing because when she dies, you get um, a certain amount of tokens that also have lifelink equal to her power. And now that they changed the rule on commanders officially tr uh, triggering die triggers, Alenda got like incredibly buffed up from that. As evidenced by her also price tag. Also up in price. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah pretty, <laughs> pretty beefy. Well, beefy now. Uh, dude, honestly, Ixalan block, I think because it was like kind of a total dud in standard, um, a lot of those cards, especially like the rares and mythic rares, are like super expensive. I mean, like look at look at Zakama. When we looked at him for uh, 
Magnus, he, it's it's like a thirty or thirty five dollar card or something ridiculous. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, the last one I want to mention and tread lightly with this one, but at least relative to the deck that I'm playing, the the life gain deck um, and the weaponization of life gain deck, um, Aloro still exists. He's you know been one of the most popular commanders forever, Bonk. and uh, probably will continue to because he just <laughs> he does that crap. So. Um, it, it's an option, but just know that if you are aiming for uh, more casual play groups, if you're just going to walk into your LGS and sit down with this, um, at least from the age that we come from and our our point of view, you are now the target. I don't know if these new whippersnappers <laughs> who are coming through, if they're like, oh, we don't care about Aloro because we're all playing Atraxa or we're all playing whatever stupid thing, you know, whatever stupid uh, like Asika, the you know, the bridge. I was going to say Golos, but he, he got banned. Um, but you know, you know, I, I but uh, you know, not me. Out. I got canceled. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just jump in real quick. I I kind of mentioned this very briefly before, but I think one of the awesome things about uh multicolor tribal commanders is that there's generally like a bunch of great candidates, and you usually run them all in the same deck uh to to lead the deck. So for like the the deck that I built, if you want to run Ailey, awesome. If you want to run Aura instead. Awesome. If you want to run the cleric partners, power to you. You can swap them out on the fly. You swap out between games. <laughs> and, yeah, that's my suggestion yeah. for alternate commanders. Yeah. <laughs> cards that are Do in it. your deck. Now that I look back at it, I have a lot of cards that are just in your deck as well. Uh, Liesa Forgotten Archangel, definitely a bit more tuned down, but much more focused on the we're always going to have access to these creatures. Uh, Krav and uh, Regna, which I highlighted earlier. They're legendary creatures. They have partner with. They're an entirely valid commander for the deck. Um, I think those might be the only alternate commanders that I just have built in. Athreos, God of Passage, also entirely valid to command this deck. Uh, but one final thing I wanted to get into was just, again, because this deck really has been out of the loop for a hot minute, uh, just some some cards that you may not have seen or may not have caught that fit well here. Uh, Keeper of the Accord. Uh, super good, 4-mana, 3-4, uh, makes tokens, helps you get lands into play. Uh, in a similar note, Archaeomancer's map helps you get lands, helps sort of smooth out that curve in these non-ramp colors. Um, I thought I had one more, but those are the only two that I'm seeing for right now. Uh, does anyone else have any other, like, hot and fresh, out the kitchen, new cards? I already said it once, but Dream Devourer, sweet card. Just two mana, cleric, foretell a card, foretell as many cards as you want. <laughs> I think there was a, a Soul Sister spoiled today for um, Val. Panicked Witness, two mana, two, two. Uh, when Panicked Witness or another creature you control dies, gain a life. At the beginning of your end step, if you gain three or more life this turn, transform it into Cackling Culprit. A three, five with whenever Cackling Culprit or another creature you control dies, gain a life, and tap two, and it gains death touch until end of turn. So not the prettiest, but it still gets you those those triggers when you want them, and the, the art of it is truly horrifying, and the implications of the panicked witness are luring people to their death and then collecting their bodies. Yeah, uh, this dude's real creepy. But notably, can be run in the Luris deck because he's two mana. Exactly. We're all about that, uh, that, that sweet spot. All you guys listing cards, why would I care? That costs four mana. Already boring. <laughs> well what if they're an instant or sorcery then i'm interested okay, okay. 
Sadly, there's no there's no <laughs> two mana planeswalkers I have to offer you. Yeah, well, one day, one day there'll be uh, two mana, probably like seven uh, loyalty, and the top ability will be destroy target permanent. Trev, you could play two. um, you could play a uh, flip Gideon from Origins. You could play Tibble. <laughs> I don't think no, I could. could. Uh, <laughs> that might be a rule zero conversation right there. Well, you could if you decided to turn Ailey into Alesha who smiles at death and you still wanted to keep Luris. Oh, wait. Wait, can you do that? Alicia no. Smiles. No. That's a three. So Alicia's got three CMC. All right, but, but she, she's, she's not in, in the, the deck. Command zone? She's, on the, she's in the zone. The, I think yeah, she that's, still counts, that's kind of unfortunately. Was, yeah, it's, it still counts. Uh, another card that was spoiled recently uh, while we're here, Voldoran Bloodcaster, 2-1 for 2. Whenever Voldoran Bloodcaster or another non-token creature you control dies, create a blood token. Blood tokens, of course, are the new one from Vow. Tap 1 to cycle, basically a card in your hand. Um, could be good, depending if you're worried about card draw, that kind of thing. And, of course, if you control 5 or more, you can transform it. And then on combat, something becomes blood tokens. Um, no. Your blood tokens become 2-2 two, two bats with flying. So, more things to sack. More th- fun to be had. Always good stuff. And it costs 2 mana, so Luris is happy. Alright, I'll, I'll say this for the rest of us. Fuck Luris. Fuck that guy. F- fuck him for what he did to the rest of the formats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think we are. I think... Um, I mean, I th- there's a bunch of good stuff that we did not talk about. Um, but it is illustrated in our decks, so... People listening and also frigid, of course. Check out those lists. You'll see the uh, you'll see the goods. Uh, any yeah any 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 closing thoughts or anything? Or are we just gonna wrap this up and let our uh, let our friend get back to uh, the drawing board? I think we're good here. <laughs> yeah, let's wrap it up. All right. Well, um, if you liked what you heard today, uh, there's a bunch of ways for you to get more of it. Uh, obviously, you're already listening to this somehow, but um. Maybe on Anchor.fm, maybe on uh, Spotify, maybe on Apple Podcasts. But if you want to tell your friends about it, those are probably those are the places to tell them. Uh, they can also get all of our content over at thehexdrinkers.com. That's going to have our articles, our podcast, um, our videos that we rip straight from our YouTube, which is, of course, uh, hexdrinkers.com. There's also a, a nice little button there that tells you if we're streaming or not. We occasionally stream on Twitch. So you can check us out there at the Hex Drinkers, and then if you want to talk with us, uh, you know, maybe toss us some ideas about Ailey. Um, that you know, I don't know if Frigid is following us on Twitter, but uh, if if he is, he will see those things. If not, we'll relay them to him. Um, uh, Twitter is uh, at the Hex Drinkers, and also our Instagram is at the Hex Drinkers. And if you really, really uh, our feel Instagram and Twitter or, are at Hex Drinkers. No, the isn't that what I said? You said at the Hex Drinkers. All right, well, you know what? There's one person responsible for this mix-up. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, if you feel super strongly about uh, any of this or you just want to get this whole treatment that we just gave Frigid, um, you can send us an email. Bada-bing, bada-boom, super easy. Uh, hexstringers at gmail.com. And if you like what we're doing here, um, if you like the makeover that we've uh, given your deck or you're just feeling, you're feeling nice, you don't want to spend money on magic cards anymore. You want to spend it on people. You can go on over to patreon.com um, and slash patreon.com slash hex triggers and uh, support us for as little as $1 a cast. Um, there's all sorts of benefits to it. You get the full uh, uncut version of this cast. You get access to all of our notes. Um, and of course you get the priority Patreon feed as well as the chance to do a collaborative deck tech with us. Um, so 
all that sort of stuff and more over on Patreon. We love our patrons immensely and we appreciate all of their support. We, we, we give them several shout outs as we try and sort out what we're actually doing on this podcast, mid-podcast. We'll often say hi to our lovely patrons. <laughs> Are you sure yes. our email address exactly. isn't hexdrinkers at thegmail.com? I feel like it might be. I'm stopping recording I would like you now. to shut <laughs> the fuck up, Jeff. Guess I gotta buy that domain. <laughs> <laughs> the Gmail. <laughs>